examples of good hybrid genre films. Steel Magnolias. Laughter Through Tears is my favorite emotion. Comedy Tragedy. Uh-huh. Uh, Big Lebowski. The Crime Comedy. Ooh, uh, Scream. Scream. Comedy Horror. Kia hello, and welcome to this episode of Play Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Duncan. And I'm also your host, Alison Horsley. And we're both dramaturgs, meaning we read a lot of plays. We've likely read the plays you feel you should have, but didn't. And that's where Play Notes comes in. And this is the final of our three Shakespeare's. Yeah. For now. Our three problematic Shakespeare's. Yes, they are. And we- part of the problem as we see it is the genre. Yes, genre. This is a, this is a this is a hybrid. Uh, yeah, although it's not sure it was intended like that. Yeah, no, I think it. I think originally it was like a k- comedy. Comedy. What not, is this comedy? The so, Merchant of Venice. Yes, yeah, hilarious, hilarious. Right through. Yeah, unfortunately, not uh, not so boldly comic nowadays. Uh, yeah, and I'm just going to get it right out there, like, right now. I'm Jewish, so I got a, I got a perspective on this a little <laughs> bit. You have thoughts. I, I have thoughts. And feelings. <laughs> and feelings. We're have not I eyes. <laughs> That's one reason why you should read the play all. Yeah. Anyway. To get that reference. Yeah. Because uh, we're not going to tell you otherwise. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so genre. Yeah, genre. Uh, now, genre is important, you know, for whatever you create you know there's a play or a film mm-hmm. you gotta know what you're of, doing yeah and it, it sets up audience expectations yeah so what are some of the expectations for example of a comedy a co- well i want to laugh yeah you know i want some uh you know usually there'll be some characters making a fool of themselves yeah i mean historically they were like low-born characters blah 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 but and shakespeare's comedies tended to end in a marriage of sorts yeah. where yeah. it was a real an actual marriage. Or yeah, fertility. Like, yeah. of some sort. Like, a hope, fertility, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. They're the good time ones. Yeah. Though Whereas with we've tragedy. Talk- yeah, tragedy we've, we've talked about, but I guess, well, Shakespearean tragedy, Emily Duncan, what do we normally end with? Lots of dead people. That, that yeah. stage. Bodies. There's very little set. Everywhere. Said, but there's bodies everywhere. There's, yeah, there's bodies everywhere. Yeah. So they will have to get up to their feet to do the curtain call. Yeah. In- Oh, so awkward. Yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah, yeah. Embarrassing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, high body count, right? Now, so we talked about how, you know, Shakespeare, he intended for this to be a comedy. Yeah, and that would be the audience expectation. And this is where there's a there's a, a difference between how we might read it now in the twenty first century mm-hmm. versus. Yeah. Back in the 16th century. Yeah. And I and maybe we should get just right out there. A lot of people know the character of Shylock or whatever, but mm-hmm. maybe we should mention what we're talking about so much is that that uh, the, in The Merchant of Venice, there's a, a moneylander named Shylock who's Jewish, and that's like his... His his Jew his Jewishness and his greed are like defining characteristics of him, and he's he's totally the bad guy of the play, and um and he's outsmarted by the end of the play, um by the by the Christians basically, and forced to convert to Christianity and uh, forfeit all of because his he can riches. only be a redeemable character if 
Yeah, yeah, he's redeemed Christian. at the end by converting to Christianity. Yeah. So that so that's uh, what we're talking about in terms well, yeah. of being of it being problematic. I or at least that to me that's the problematic part of the play. Am I <laughs> It's hugely problematic. And yeah. we talked, you know, earlier today about if he wasn't Jewish. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. He's so vengeful. Yes, he's he's mm. taken vindictive to a whole new level. Yes, in in the play, and it, and it it's is presented as intrinsic of his character. Yeah, yeah, and and so he fulfills a lot of really negative stereotypes. So pretty much every negative stereotype uh, of Jews historically that would have been it gets kind of put onto Shylock in the course of the play. So that's one of the problematic things. No, but um, Shakespeare creates a bit of well, he tries to create a bit of distance. But again, this is another place set in. Venice. Venice in Italy. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. so the whole Jewish thing is kind of interesting because there would have been, a, there was a Jewish ghetto in Venice, whereas in England at the time, uh, Judaism was not allowed. It was, so Jews were not allowed to live in England uh, unless they had been given special permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, or And they had converted to Christianity. And so when Shakespeare wrote the play, which they think he wrote it between 1596-1598, so it's after Romeo and Juliet, uh, but before Othello, in, in terms of, if you're only listening to the podcast, and those are the only Shakespeare plays you've heard of, uh, that, that's where we sit, is, is between the other two. And, um, but at the time, there, there would have been some awareness of Jews being controversial um, because Elizabeth I's uh, personal physician in 1594, Rodrigo Lopez, who is a, a Portuguese uh, conver- converso, uh, who was a, a, a Portuguese Jew, basically, who had converted, um, or from a family that converted to Christianity, he was hanged, drawn, and quartered for um, supposedly conspiring to poison Queen Elizabeth. So there was definitely a so hot right now uh, vibe about uh, Jews being horrible and being publicly punished, basically, mm-hmm. at the time. So again, Shakespeare's writing for his time, right? And for writing his audience. Writing for his audience. Yeah, yeah. And, and Marlowe's, um, Marlowe's uh, play, The Jew of Malta, uh, was popular. It's even referenced in The Merchant of Venice, uh, the character that was in The Jew of Malta is referenced in, the, in uh, Merchant of Venice. So... Yeah, so it was it was timely for sure, but it, but definitely there wouldn't have been a big population of Jews that Shakespeare was hanging out with. So right. yeah, so so interestingly, it, England is a is a particularly non-Jewy kind of place, and so the play is set in Venice, where it's a little bit more so. We were going to touch a bit on Shakespeare's life. Yeah. Because he, he was very, he was successful in his time as very well. Very successful. Um, and he knew his audience. Yeah. He knew, he knew what would work commercially. Yeah. So he was he was born and raised in Stratford-upon-Avon, um, and he went to the school that was there. He was educated. He was educated, would have had a pretty traditional classic uh, education, like Latin, stuff like that. Um, so we're not going to get into the whole authorship thing here. I, I Emily, I think it, it's, it's sa- a whole other. Yeah. Sa- safe to say, we both think that Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare's plays. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, right. yeah, 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 right. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so grew he up in married. Stratford. He got married. Um, had a few kids. But he uh, went to work in London. Yeah, went to work in London. Um, uh, became a sharer in the Lord Chamberlain's men. And this is really the start of. 
acting as a profession as we might know it today. Yeah. 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 Because he was, he was, uh, so Lord Chamberlain's men had eight sharers as they were called. And then usually about eight additional hired actors or, or other people working at the theater. So Shakespeare would have been an actor. He was also basically producer. He would have been dealing with box office shit as the other guys were dealing with the venue. He was writing for people he knew. Writing for people he knew. Um, it said that he was given time off from acting to be able to write uh, because they needed that money because he wrote popular plays. And he did well enough to buy property back in yeah. Stratford. Yeah, so he retired back in Stratford where he died um, at a relatively young age, actually. And mm. and that's kind of a crazy story. I, Emily, you and I haven't talked about this at okay, all. Okay, okay, go for but, it. Oh, no, that's okay. But it's just an interesting story to learn about like how he died. Because supposedly he had been out boozing. In Stratford. Yeah, and then died soon after, but then supposedly not. So there's been, it's been ventured that maybe it was a venereal disease. It's also been ventured that it was cholera or typhoid, all these different things. Okay. Now I'm just like making stuff up. It was... (laughs) He did? It was the spider. (laughs) The spider. (laughs) The spider comes back. If you miss the spider, you need to go back. Yeah. To the um, episode about Romeo and Juliet. Was it that or Othello? I think it was Romeo and Juliet. Okay. But right. we should go back and listen to all of them. Because, oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 it, was yeah. a, it was an integral part of, of our dramaturgical analysis of Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Shakespeare, yeah, so he, he died in Stratford um, and... He well, did okay for himself. He did great for himself. Yeah, so um, don't, don't, don't sit up at night worrying about... You know, things were for him in his lifetime. Yeah, he had a nice big house. So yeah, so he was fine. And like the other plays we've talked about, the story itself... Of Merchant of Venice. It wasn't his original idea. No, no. It would have come... Again, it would have come from somewhere else. So this one would have come from another Italian story, uh, Il Pecorone, uh, which they think is probably the source uh, for, for the play. And similar to the the Greek tragedies we discussed, audiences often went to these plays to see the how, not the what. Yeah. How yeah. the story is performed or unfolds. Yeah. So whether, you know, in the, the audience, we're not, we're probably not talking about an audience of highly, highly literate people. Certainly some people were literate, but it's not like a lot of the audience would have read the story. But considering in this play... You know what what happens with Shylock? I think people could probably see it coming a little bit, yeah. Uh, because you don't have a character on stage who is this evil, who uh, like doesn't get his comeuppance at the end of the play. Okay, you know, like even Richard the Third, right? He like get he gets his. So doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, I was just, I was just thinking. And my, my mind was thinking yes. while you were talking. That's okay. I uh, love yeah, it. yeah. Okay, sometimes mine wasn't. <laughs> I was thinking before we we jump into talking about the other characters and the flesh plot versus the casket plot, yeah, we should talk a bit about um, usury or money lending. Yeah, and that was a real sort of I see it as a catch twenty two profession for a Jewish man. Yeah, yeah. So historically, uh, Jews were not allowed to do other professions, <laughs> so they were excluded from doing a, a lot of professions, and the Talmud doesn't. Um, doesn't prevent Jews from lending money uh, to non-Jews and charging interest. And the British government at the time highly taxed Jews, uh, especially Jews who are money lenders, which is 
well, I mean, this is this is talking Europe in general, mm-hmm. but like, but but the Jews who were living in England were highly taxed, and so there's a belief that there that probably interest rates from Jewish money lenders would have been higher because they're being uh, taxed at a higher rate. So you just you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Like, and Christians weren't allowed to work as money lenders. Correct. So, so they had to come to the Jews. But they still wanted to borrow money for their businesses. Right. And so then the Jews got a bad reputation for being money lenders, which they totally Such were. Hypocrisy. And, yeah. 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 So just messy, messy. Okay. So we should talk about the flesh plot because yeah. they will introduce some of the other characters. The flesh plot sounds a lot. Juicier, no pun intended. Yeah, 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 it actually yeah, 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 is. Yeah. It's like nasty. It's much more grim. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not flesh like. Yeah, sex flesh. So our merchant Antonio. Yeah, yeah. He needs to borrow some money. Yeah, and it's for his friend Bassanio. Bassanio. Yeah, because Bassanio is in love with a rich lady named Portia. Mm-hmm. So Bassanio um, wants to go and court Portia, but he needs and- money. Yeah, but he needs money to do this, and and the whole Portia thing, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute because that's, that's a casket, that's plot. A casket plot game okay. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Bassanio needs to borrow money from Antonio to do this. So Antonio mm-hmm. doesn't have money because all of his money right now is tied up in some ships. But there's such a lovely bromance between the two of them. Yeah, they're great friends, yeah. and Antonio they'll they would do anything for each other. Yeah. So Antonio is like, okay, I can't loan you the money. But I'll get a loan from Shylock um, to, and but Shylock is like, okay, I'll loan you this money. Mm-hmm. And Shylock tells us a lot about how Antonio has historically been pretty anti-Semitic towards Shylock. Yeah. Uh, they behave badly toward each other, just in general. He talks it, about being spat on, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they they don't have a good relationship, but I think it's one of. Um, mutual derision and yet mutual mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. of some sort. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, Shylock says that he'll loan the money to Antonio um, and that uh, if he doesn't repay him, then, then Shylock can take a pound of Antonio's flesh from closest to his heart. And Antonio signs on the dotted line. Yeah, Antonio is like, okay. My you know, ships are going to come in, no problem. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a discussion about this being like a jokey kind of thing that then Shylock at the end is like, you told me you would, in this, like, crazy, crazy way. I don't know. So do you think Antonio almost has his disbelief that Charlotte would really go through it? Well, it kind of seems like it, but, like, they're in court at the end of the play. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It kind of goes back and forth, which is a little bit of this genre problem that we have that we can't... It's dark. If you can't tell it's a joke, then maybe it's not a good joke. And so, okay, so more on the comedy side of the hybrid. Yeah. We've got Portia, who uh, she's ready to get married, but her father said... Um, left this rather peculiar set of instructions. Yeah, so he leaves, so he it, he decides that whoever gets Portia's hand uh, is going to be the one who chooses correctly um, of these three caskets. A box. A box, three boxes, yeah. basically. One box is... But they're not, is, not funeral caskets. No, 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 no. <laughs> a lot of people that would be macabre. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. That would, that would yeah. be a whole other thing. But a gold no. one, a silver one, and a lead one. Yeah, yeah. And so usually the rich suitors who come to see Portia in the course of the play are usually like, ah, oh, she is so fair that I will go for the gold one. Or, ah, oh, she's 
so shiny, I'll go for this, you know, etc. And but Bassanio chooses the right one. He chooses the right one, which is the lead one, and um, that's the correct one. And Portia Weird. also doesn't know the correct one uh, until they're they're opened. But she's excited because she's really into Bassanio also. And it just so happens that her lady Nerissa is really into his best mate as well. Yeah, yeah, Gratiano, who's gone with Bassanio for for their bro trip. For, yeah. So yeah, super convenient. Happens, that happens really fast, and almost yeah. as soon as everyone's happy and married... Then but alas, the last the ships don't come in. The ships don't and come we're going in. Going to court. Them ships. Them ships have wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yes, those those ships have wrecked. Uh, or or there's. And word... like, sorry, babe. Hold off. Yeah, yeah. Bassanio's I have to go like, and look after my friend. Yeah, actually, my friend is about to lose a pound. It's the only reason I could really in a bad you way. in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And so Portia, amazingly, is like, you know what? I will pay for all of this uh, honey buns. It'll yeah, be okay. I'll pay good. for all of it. Just take care of it. And he's like, but the thing is... The you take dude, all the time you need. Yeah, yeah. Take all the time you need. And, you know, Bassanio's grateful. And, and But already, there's, like, in the course of the play, there's talk of, like, well, Shylock, want, he doesn't just want the money. Clearly, he's not in this for the money. It doesn't matter how much money you offer him. Yeah. He wants the flesh. He wants a pound of flesh. He wants a pound of flesh. So uh, they so go like, to court. Liter- So he wants to kill Antonio, basically. They go to court. Yeah, they go. So they go back to, to Venice. They go to court. And then, magically, there is um, this young... Doctor Lawyer. Doctor Lawyer Judge. Yeah. Who shows up. Shows up. With because the other guy's has been unwell. Yeah, and his, yeah, and he shows up with an assistant. Yeah. Uh, and those are Portia and Narissa in disguise. And the audience we know this. Yeah, we yeah. totally know this because we've heard them talk about it because yeah. Portia and Narissa are like, hey, let's go do this thing. We're so clever. We're so we're so clever, we're gonna yes. dress in men's clothes and, and do this thing. So yeah. And this is where uh, or one of the many times, but particularly this part in the play is really not funny to me. Where they build up to the 11th hour of you think, Shylock is going to get his pound of flesh. Yeah. And whenever I've seen it staged... Yeah, you know, it, it's really quite brutal. And it's it's like, like the oh, knife is ready. Yeah, you know, it's he's like got his the scales got, and yeah, yeah. It's like all set up and stuff, and then Portia outsmarts everybody basically. And she's bitch has known all along. Oh, okay. she's yeah, yeah. She's totally known. Yeah, she's totally known. And she um. So what she points out is is that in the original agreement, um, Shylock can take a pound of flesh. But it says nothing about blood. And so, so one drop sheds, of blood. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, if you shed one drop of Christian blood, then you forfeited the bond. You, yeah. Yeah. You forfeited the bond. It's over. And so Shylock is like, okay, okay, okay. Just give me the money. And oh then Portia is like, no, actually you said in court Another that you thing. don't want the money. Another thing. Yeah. So, so the vengeance thing, it's like this pendulum that swings super far in each direction, mm-hmm. right? Like, just continuously, where Shylock backs away from it, and then, you know, Portia kind of, like, goes in with, with the total support of, like, everybody else, right? Um, uh, and says, no, actually, because you have now, like, conspired against a, a citizen of Venice, like, now you have to forfeit your, um, your riches, yeah. basically. And there's a subplot we haven't touched on, 
which is um, Sherlock has a daughter called Jessica. Yeah. And she's run away with a Christian guy, Lorenzo, and they're they're hiding out at Porsche's house. Yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, so they're hiding out at Porsche's, and yeah, so basically it's everybody against Shylock at this point. Um, So yeah, so Shylock has to give his money... Uh, to Lorenzo and Jessica upon his death. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he basically has to sign that over. Yeah. Uh, so Jessica will be set up, even though she eloped with Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. So Shylock... And, and stole some money. And stole some money. Um, which famously he has the scene or where, where, a, where someone reports on him running through the streets saying, my daughter, my ducats, my daughter, my ducats. So obviously Shylock is... He's upset about her running off, but he's also really upset about his money. Yeah. So the depiction of Shylock as a father is, like, reprehensible. Yes. And as a person. It's not sympathetic on any front. No, no. Except he has this speech mm-hmm. where he talks about hath not a Jew eyes. And that's all we're going to tell you about the speech, because you should read the play. You have to read it. Um, but it, it's it's a, a beautiful speech uh, in which he talks about how Jews are people too, basically. And likewise, Portia has a beautiful speech in the court scene, the quality of mercy. mercy. Yeah, which is lovely too, where she's trying to convince Shylock to, to show some mercy, which he doesn't. And then they don't show him mercy. No and so mercy then whatsoever. everybody's just all kinds of not showing mercy. So the court finishes. He's a broken man. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is happy. And then there's this one other conceit before, you know, uh, the real identities are revealed. Mm-hmm. Where both Portia and Larissa oh, insist yeah. that um, Bassanio... And Graziano. Gift them their rings that were given to them by their wives. Yeah, and yeah, in say, payment. Give any, anything else you want. And they're like, no, we only want the rings. And they give in and say, you can have the rings. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to Belmont, which is where uh, Portia lives. Estate. And she gets there first with Nerissa. And there's this uh, comic um, antagonism about where are these rings... Yeah, like, we gave you those rings in good faith, and the guys are like, but we gave them to the doctor who saved everything, and the ju- you know, the mm-hmm. doctor, you lawyer, judge who saved, saved everything. And it's like a funny, cute thing, and then the women reveal that it was that. Were, so it's it's like a lovely, jokey thing. And the play ends with a vagina joke. <laughs> or which, you know, what else would it do, right? Yeah. I mean, after we talked about, like, hacking out part of somebody's body and... The Jew dog getting his, you know, day. He oh, Shylock is also forced to convert to Christianity. Yeah, that's that's the other thing is that, and so that's part of the comedy. Uh, don't you know that that's so funny? Before we finish, Alison Bordley. <laughs> Sorry, I have opinions. <laughs> is there anything? I know you wanted to say heaps about this play, but is there anything else you want to say about it? I think we've. You know, really covered how it is problematic. <laughs> um, I well, it's you know, I think it's um, one thing I like about the play. I like I like the depiction of Portia and Arissa as like human people who are friends, mm-hmm. right? So it's like the you know this kind of sisterhood thing. The bromance is enjoyable as well. Um, you know, I I. Yeah, I just, it it just makes me so 
angry because I can't, there's kind of no good way to produce it. Like no matter how, no matter how, you know, various actors have tried to make Shylock super, you know, very human. Oh, he's so human. Oh, look, he's like well-kempt and not dirty and he's wearing, you know, a yarmulke and stuff. But that doesn't change what comes out of his mouth and that doesn't change like what his motive is in the play. Yeah, the, in the in the text, there's no real balance for his vitriol and sense of vengeance. Yeah, as and, it comes across. Yeah, and it's so dark that it offsets any of the the seeming comedy that would be in the play. And like, I think it it kind of is it it is a commedia play. I think like a lot of the characters are are based off of commedia dell'arte type characters. That's Italian. Um, there's a lot of that, so it's like it it's like a it's like a tragedy wearing a comedy, wearing a comedy's clothes or something. Like, except for the Shylock part. <laughs> that's, that's my dramaturgical analysis. Emily, what do you think? I, I think out of our three problematic plays, it's the one I would be most stretched to find solutions for staging in the here and now. Yeah. I can, you know, even though I find them all problematic to a degree, yeah, I can still conceive of ways that they could be staged. Yeah, this play, it's nah. it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, schools in particular do it because of the because of the the rules for Portia and Arissa. Yes. Yeah, right. Like, uh, and and same for Antonio and Bassanio. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Portia's scene in the particularly in the court. Right, it's a great part for a woman. Uh, but she's also got some real problematic other lines uh, in regard uh, to the other suitors. Yes, there's who a more in this play. Yeah, there's more in this play there's, who yep. is a suitor, and she don't talk too nice about him. It's, yeah, it's it's tough. So, um, so, so we're going to conclude with definitely know about the play, read it. Mm-hmm. And um, see it for what it is. Yeah, 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 have a, have a read. See what you think. <laughs>